Hello and welcome to CIO Leadership Live Australia. I'm Cathy O'Sullivan, Editor-in-Chief APAC for CIO and CSO. My guest today is Narin Gangava-Rapu, Chief Information and Digital Officer at Northern Beaches Council. Narin has appeared numerous times in our CIO 50 list, and in 2022, his team won Best Government Project at the CIO 50 Awards. Naren has years of experience working in senior technology roles in local and state government here in Australia, as well as in healthcare and banking in Europe, the Middle East and Asia. Welcome, Naren. Nice to chat to you again. Thank you so much, Cathy. And uh, uh, it's a pleasure to be uh, interviewed by you. Thank you. Great, great. Um, so let's kick things off with a bit more about Northern Beaches Council. Can you give us a bit of context around the organization and what your team looks after there? Absolutely. So Northern Beaches Council is uh, based in Sydney, in the state of New South Wales in Australia. It uh, covers uh, about 254 square kilometres of land from Manly to Palm Beach, uh, the very famous uh, beaches around the world. People who like surfing know Manly. Uh, it's it's listed in the top ten beautiful beaches around the world. So we have about uh, close to three hundred thousand uh, customers that is who live in the community who we serve. We have about eighty kilometers of coastline. We are landlocked, one hundred and fourteen square kilometers of national forest about 771 um, parks and reserves for lagoons. So it's a very diverse area that looks after uh, the community. It's one of the few governments that lives in the community it serves. So that kind of is an exciting place to be in and you do a varied variety of services. And we have assets worth over $5 billion on ASX stock listing. If you look at it, it's bigger than Coke, Ampol, AMP, Harvey Norman, uh, 9 Channel 9, and a few other big companies. So, uh, and with an operational expenditure close to half a billion per year. Wow, fascinating. And it's such a beautiful place to live and work in as well. Um, so tell us a bit more about um, your career journey. How did you get um, your start in tech? It's a very um, in, in, interesting journey. I mean, I never started in tech directly. I, I was a physiotherapist by profession. I was educated in a medical college. and But I was introduced to computers while I was studying there by friends of mine. And I took an interest and uh, taught myself uh, did a few courses, and while I was trying to find a job in physiotherapy, an opportunity presented itself in the tech world by IBM, and they offered me um, a job which paid more than what I was getting paid in salary in terms of a physiotherapist. So I decided to try it, which was um, uh, not normal in the uh, community where I came from, uh, but I tried I tried it anyway, and then I ended up going to Middle East, working in the banking sector with one of the largest banks in Middle East called Arab Banking Corporation. I did their core banking uh, reform and replacement. Um, and that was an exciting um, uh, piece of work that led me all over Europe. Um, and uh, I ended up in Australia, where uh, one of the professors at a Western Sydney University um, uh, tempted me to come and say, give, give your hand at academia and try bringing industry experience back into the university. 
which is quite exciting. I tried that. I used to be the head of programs for postgraduate studies in computing. I started their first health informatics lab and uh, also a consulting arm. We did virtual reality 20 years ago, which was quite um, uh, innovative at that time, including AI games, but processing was always an issue. And then I, after a few years working with them, I decided to come back to the industry. And since then, I've been working in uh, various uh, state government agencies in New South Wales, uh, in transport sector, as well as setting up Service New South Wales from, from ground up while I was at, uh, uh, at uh, Roads and Maritime Services, or all the planning system around how they um, use technology, and then finally landed up in the current local garment sector where I am, which is an exciting journey and uh, with a strong purpose to serve the community. Wow, that's that's quite the career journey, you know, all over the world in various different sectors. And as you say, in academia as well. But of course, now you're at the Northern Beaches Council and have been there for a few years. So can you tell us a bit more about, I guess, the key elements of your technology vision and, and how you align that technology vision to the, the, the objectives of the council and, of course, employee productivity? Yeah, uh, look, we, we exist because of our customers and the technology vision is to provide accurate, timely and accessible information to our customers and employees so that they can do their jobs. So as simple as that, we are basically the plumbing work providers where we transfer information in a timely way and provide accurate information at the point of um, uh, interaction so that people can do their jobs uh, and uh, get value out of it. We ensure that this is aligned to the community strategic plan. So we have a agreement with the community as to what services we will deliver as part of the council. And then technology is embedded in every line of business to in, as an enabler to help the line of business add value to the community. And we have services which we deliver from literally um, cradle to grave. When I mean cradle to grave, it's it's we start with um, childcare centres. We look after younglings right from babies as they grow up. We have community centres. We have libraries. We have um, arts. We have we look after transport networks, waste, holiday houses, golf courses, caravan parks, leisure centres, aquatic centres, beaches. Um, and it just goes on. Even we have cemeteries, and that's why I mentioned the word grave. So we're pretty much involved in the entire life journey of a community, and tech is an enabler in the all 56 line of businesses that the council has. Well, it's absolutely fascinating, just that breadth of things that you and the team look after. And, and of course, you know, one of the things that you implemented was the People Central system. And that did win um, Best Government Project, as I mentioned earlier, at the CIO 50 Awards. So can you tell us a bit more about the People Central system and, and how it's impacted council operations? Yeah, so, so People Central system came about because... We are a merged council. So in 2016, um, Northern Beaches Council was formed as a result of merger of Manly, Pitwater and Warringah councils. And as you know, in most merged organisations, um, people address a lot of compliance related things, but IT just hangs together behind the scenes. Um, and what the organisation inherited was several legacy payroll systems, HR systems. There were over 
600 manual timesheets or 60 rostering systems or 200 you know, odd payrolls. So it was quite complex in terms of anything that related to an employee's journey from hire to retire. So which was quite challenging on employees as well as the administration teams as, and was not sustainable. So the organization's vision was to streamline this. So People Central was um, uh, formed as a project to streamline all these systems into a one-stop shop for your employees so that we can actually provide our employees with great employee experience and one-stop shop where they could do all their business right from recruitment to looking after their payroll information to their well-being information to any compliance and learning information and uh, avoid dashboard fatigue, digital dashboard fatigue of tapping into 20 different systems to do that. So that was the premise of uh, People Central. It was challenging because it was not just about technology. It was about rationalizing employee payrolls, making sure the unions are on board, they're engaged, the employees are engaged, the rostering systems are done properly and effectively so it benefits and provides employees great customer experience. And it resulted in great benefits. Um, if you are able to provide your employees great experience, it directly impacts uh, your customer experience because employees then have all the time to spend on your customers, um, which is where we want to be. So it improved our employee engagement significantly Progress was up by 13%, employee well-being was up by 9%, and uh, we have some very good metrics around that. It was very well received, and that actually shifted our customer satisfaction scores from 71% to 88% in a matter of two years. Wow, that's quite the improvement and, and great to see, you know, such a, obviously a huge amount of work went into the People Central system and great to see that payoff that you're getting both for your internal customers and external customers. Um, and of course, another area that's a key focus for Northern Beaches Council is sustainability. So can you tell us a bit more about the council's um, sustainability framework, especially around technology and, and how it's helping reduce waste and um, yeah, give us a bit more information about that. Yeah, look, sustainability is is key now with what we have seen during COVID with the environmental changes and also the recognition at the United Nations level with the sustainable goals. And it's become important for every organisation and people as such. People are, our community is very passionate about sustainability. And we have sustainable and resilient strategies which talk about withstanding, adapting and thriving uh, in the current and future uh, environments. Um, we strongly believe that we don't have a right to take away what doesn't belong to us and what belongs to the future generation. So we are trying to invest to make that happen. Uh, from a sustainability perspective, we support uh, our organization in two aspects. So tech plays an enabling role to support the line of businesses that provide sustainable services. We have environment, environment teams, we have energy teams, we have waste management teams who focus on the community to improve the sustainability of our economy and the community as such. For example, our waste teams use a lot of uh, reporting dashboards, information we provide to target their education campaigns on the community. So that, in a matter of um, two years, uh, improved uh, the amount of uh, knowledge that community had. That means we produced 400 kilograms 
under 400 kilograms of waste per person, which was far higher before, and shifted uh, the dial from being 45 to 66% of waste diverted from going into landfill in a matter of two years, which is a significant amount of um, uh, 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 waste going into landfill. And this contributes to the circular economy. And we have a map which is uh, which can be interactive interactive map, but, uh, which community has access to, and uh, they show each suburb consumption of waste. So that means we create competition, healthy competition between suburbs, and this the community is quite competitive in nature, and they are part of the grassroots level of uh, adding to a sustainable economy by ensuring circular economy. Um, uh, principles that are adopted right in the schools by avoiding plastic, using reusable utensils. We teach that in our childcare centres and our lifelong journey touch points as such. And we support our environmental groups by making sure they're sustainable dashboards. We are 100% renewable council. We've reduced 80% of our emissions. We um, are moving away from generators, fossil fuel using generators and UPS, and we are using batteries to provide um, UPS as a service on demand. So there's a lot of enablement of business to achieve sustainability. From a tech perspective, we support circular economy by making sure we use energy efficient clouds, we energy monitor, uh, energy consumption monitoring of our on-prem systems, making sure they're efficient, we have diverted 10,000 kilograms of e-waste from going into landfill in the last two financial years, which is big. And there's been significant growth from 65 to 88% in terms of our e-waste being reusable and going to social economy, uh, low socioeconomic communities for a period of two years. By that way, we are contributing to the circular economy as such. So it can be done at both aspects as an enabler, as well as within your IT as a business. That's fantastic. And, you know, that that old adage, you know, if, if you can measure it, then, you know, it, it really makes an impact. And yeah, it's fantastic to see those results there from, as you say, just neighborhoods being able to see how much waste they are producing and, and getting a bit of competitive nature in there yes. as well. So um, another part of um, your CIO 50 um, win for 2023, you spoke a bit about, um, you know, using AI-based tools to enhance employee engagement, um, well-being, and of course, cybersecurity, which keeps so many CIOs up at night. Can you tell us a bit more about those tools and, and how they've been received in, yeah. within the organization? Yeah, absolutely. So COVID has impacted everyone, as you know, and... Uh, there were various challenges faced by employees and we wanted to gauge the employees' well-being and their mood scores. So we tried to use something that is enterprise-ready AI. So um, we have to be careful when you use AI because we want to make sure that we respect people's privacy and people have control of what they want to reveal and what's shared internal to the organization and what's external to the organization and that the information they share is secure. So these are principles that drove our AI adoption. So we use a lot of uh, enterprise-ready AI available by Microsoft to gauge the well-being of our staff. 
we were able to capture mood scores as if the employees were feeling positive about something or negative about something, or there's a dip in the mood. And then we were able to uh, mobilize our teams to engage with those teams and try to understand where the issues were, what the challenges were, and able to put strategies in place to for early intervention. And that actually has resulted in significant improvement in engagement and well-being and uh, employees' productivity in our organization. That's a great use of how we gauge. And employees have their own tools where they can gauge how productive they're being, how much time they're spending in meetings, should they be, uh, are they interacting with the right stakeholders, how much time they're spending, and do they need a break? If they're feeling down, it gives them access to motivational um, material, which they could leverage to give themselves a break. And it prompts you productively. These are productivity nudging tools that prompt you to do the right thing and remind you to look after yourself. And that's been quite effective from a well-being aspect. And we use AI and cybersecurity heavily because, as you know, cybersecurity resources are limited. We get about 3 million attacks a month and um, highly competitive market, limited budget. So that makes it really challenging for us. So we leverage AI heavily in the um, incident management space and alerting space. So we were able to, it, it basically narrows down where we should be focusing of the thousands of alerts we receive a day so that it helps us react in a timely fashion, which made it sustainable. And it's still helping us um, keep pace with uh, the changing threat environment. So you've also introduced a number of smart city initiatives um, for the Northern Beaches Council. Can you tell us a bit more about those initiatives and um, what benefits they've brought to the both the council and, and the residents of the Northern Beaches? Yeah, sure. Look, smart city initiatives um, is, is has been around um, uh, the market for a while. Some people say smart's gone. It's not called smart anymore, but it is smart. End of the day, it's a technology initiative that helps um, either return in investment to the council or changes the behavior of your employees or the community as such. Then it becomes kind of smart. So we started measuring where we need smart technology utilization, for example, in terms of connectivity. So we have, because we are landlocked and we live in such an area where we constantly are um, facing challenges from nature like bushfires and floods, in the last three years, we've had the worst flood seen in once in a generation. We've seen bushfires during the summer seasons. So that damages a lot of infrastructure. And when we lose connectivity, it impacts our ability to provision services to our community. So connectivity was a key issue. And then community gets very passionate about putting telco tasks as well, because some of them are not comfortable. So that's where it was impacting uh, some areas which had black spots, where we had childcare centers, where we have lifeguards, where lives could be a danger and we need to connect to um, incident management services, ambulance services. So we were the first council in Australia and the first New South Wales government organization to roll out Starlings at 37 sites. And we made sure that Starlink provides us with the connectivity, both active and passive, depending on our broadband working or not, or even under duress, if our hardwire and cables are impacted, Starlink was able to provide us with that connectivity. That's made sure that we are working towards a resilient 
um, uh, service to our community. So that's one aspect of using smart technologies. We've been trying to use that on um, other roaming vehicles to enable um, connectivity of our incident management teams when we when they deal with bushfires. And we are looking at other low-cost technologies as well. We also have smart um, sensors built into OVALS where the groundsman, it helps the groundsman uh, monitor the composition of the soil and tells them when to water this oval and helps with water efficiency as well. And uh, because we have a huge range of parks, it becomes important to, so, to do soil management, water management, and also um, resource management. And then we have these sensors used by lifeguards, especially to track all their um, uh, devices, because they need to have devices in back in one place so that when there is an emergency, they're able to utilize these and go back. They can track these as well as track the safety um, issues around tides and other aspects. So these are just a few examples of where we use smart initiatives effectively. Again, I'm just astounded by the just the breadth and the diversity there of, of you know, what you look after, everything from lifeguards um, connectivity to the, the the national the parks that you have there. It's it's such a huge range of stuff that you look after. So just on that, you know, given that you deal with so many diverse groups, you know, counselors, executive employees, the community. How do you manage that stakeholder engagement and buy-in when you're dealing with such a diverse group of people? So how do you and the tech team manage that? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. And um, I was quite challenged when I first came in and looked at the diversity because I worked in a lot of organizations where technology usually supports a few lines of businesses, not 56 lines of businesses and stakeholders. So it was a huge learning curve when I first started. Uh, when requests start coming, suddenly they say there's a World Life, um, uh, World um, Surf uh, Championship happening and you need Wi-Fi there or Matilda's playing finals. We need uh, live screening here to some random event happening. And the requests come in from all uh, sorts of uh, channels. Uh, and then you need to be able to catch that and be able to triage that and see what's your role, what you can do and what you can't do, and how do you communicate that back to your stakeholders. Just an example of a day-to-day -day life uh, of a CIO at a council. It's not just this council. I uh, developed great admiration for the not just the council, but the councillors as well, as the public goes to the councillors with such requests as well. So dealing with that requires not just yourself, but enabling and empowering your team to be able to deal with such requests. So the base is wide, the span is wide. So you have to make sure that you build that capacity and capability in your leadership team to be able to um, receive those requests, triage those requests, and as we know of new things, to streamline those requests efficiently within and absorb them within the system so they become stock standard. And we have a good triaging mechanism where if things are politically sensitive, then you get the leadership team to help you navigate that. So empowering your team members is key. Uh, it is tough. It's not easy. There's no one size fits all answer to it. 
Um, but you go through a journey of effective decision making and uh, also you prioritize, is this going to benefit your customer? Is this going to impact the safety of your customer or, or your employees? Building criteria like that, which helps you triage and manage not just your board, but your customers and your employee requests as well. So, of course, another challenge um, being the CIO at a council is working with ratepayers' money. You know, you do have limited resources, constrained budgets. What what have you learned dealing with such a constrained budget? Um, and, and what advice would you give to other CIOs who are, you know, want to deliver value for their organization, but do have limited limited resources? That's a that's a great question, Kathy. And it's all about end of the day about the dollars that ratepayers pay and the return in investment they want to see. You have to make every dollar run its longest mile and the sprints if required to deliver value to your customers. There's limited amount of money that comes in. There are moms and dads who are working really hard paying their rates and we are custodians of that money and we have to make sure that every dollar gives the best return in line with the community strategic plan and agreed by the community. So governance is important and responsible decisions are very important as well. So when it comes to IT, increasingly uh, technology is expensive and is changing all the time. So how do you control uh, that? How do you ensure that it does, it just isn't seen as a cost center, but is seen as a valuable uh, partner adding value to the business and the customers. So you've got to shift that mindset thinking from, oh, it's a big cost center, IT asks for a lot of money, to being what sort of um, enabling um, benefits do you offer to your line of businesses. So working closely with your line of businesses, working closely with your customers is key. Trying to explain to them that why a particular technology cost is increasing or costs high and what benefits it, it delivers to the customer or the community is very key. If you are siloed and you just go with the balance sheet, it becomes very challenging. So increasingly, IT is becoming the plumbing works provider. That means we provide the network connectivity. We provide security. We provide privacy, uh, resiliency from cyber attacks, and we can help with customers. But there's technology out there that line of businesses are very smart and they're able to leverage like SaaS products and utilize them. So the model is shifting. IT cannot hold everything tech. So working with the line of businesses, empowering them that you are digital savvy, you can choose the products and we'll help you with some aspects of it to ensure it's secure and private and it, it can integrate into the existing systems. It's a business shift in model. As it shifts, the cost base shifts to the business uh, areas as well. And then you are seen more as a lean cost center and each business area absorbs relevant costs to tools that they utilize to provide value to their services, which is quite a shift from the traditional models of IT where everything sits in one place. So that shift is important from a cost efficiency perspective. Also businesses, owning those contracts and the services and utilizing them very well. Because it belongs to them, they're careful with it. If it belongs to somebody else, it always becomes a challenge. And building that culture and capability within your organization is critical to uh, using effective budget management of IT. 
Of course, another part of effective budget management is, of course, your, um, the salaries. And, you know, it is yes. still a very competitive market. There's still, you know, a worldwide shortage uh, of um, IT workers. So how do you go about attracting people to work in the in the council's technology team when it is such a competitive market? It is. And, and it, it gets challenging for uh, someone in local government to compete with the private sector um, in areas such as cybersecurity, cloud engineers. There's quite a few emerging areas uh, which has limited resources and uh, uh, limited availability with huge demands of salaries, which we can't afford. So two aspects to it. One aspect of it, I'm lucky that I've had um, 85% of my staff uh, live in the same community. So we provide them with a great work-life balance that attracts them to um, stay with us. And they like the short commute and they like the environment and the flexibility we provide and the focus we place on well-being. So that helps with staff retention. And as technology changes, you have we have programs that train them as well to take them on the journey. But then at the same side, the other side of the coin, there are technologies that you need out-of-the-box capability. That means they're ready. They come with the experience. No one's going to wait for you to train the other half of the organization. So that's where it gets challenging from a recruitment perspective. So a brand is very important. So Northern Beaches Council has been able to create a good brand. People come and work not just because of money, but they want to um, experience new technologies in cyber or development or any other uh, line of businesses as such. So we are able to pro provision that. And they that has attracted a lot of talent. And also um, running your own campaign. I run my own campaign on LinkedIn and others as to what value we add when we go out to the market and also the value proposition. So I tell people, well, this is a great opportunity for you to give back to the community you, you live in. Um, give a few years to the community. And many of them, the purpose resonates with them and they're able to connect to it and are able to come back and work with us. So I've had my senior leadership team come from private sector, from the big bank, from big infrastructure firms, and uh, they are fascinated by the variety of services we provide and also the purpose and the work-life balance. Post-COVID, a lot of people have realized that there are other things in life that are more important and uh, that a packaging of that as a brand and as a value offering has really helped uh, attract and retain staff. Absolutely. And look, you, you've spoken a lot, you know, in this interview about what you and the team have achieved um, over the last few years. So looking ahead to the future then, you know, what are some of the future goals of the council in terms of technology innovation and, and becoming a digital council? Yeah, look, it's it's your word. You use the word digital council, so we do have digital council as a north star. It's a picture on a page which we have used to communicate to the councillors, which are board and the community um, in general. And uh, we are on path to achieve that. We have built our foundations, and now we are in the process of build building the shiny structures on the foundations to provide great customer experience and employee experience. So our North Star is to provide our customers with a one-stop shop where they can do all their business and uh, with as little friction as possible. And we want to be silent partners. We don't want them to know we even exist. 
that we want them to have minimal interaction with the council in majority of the touch points, except for where we need them to when it comes to circular economy and sustainability. That will be our goal. And what we are trying to build is to uh, build a resilient organization and community that can withstand, adapt and thrive in the current environment and uh, working towards the future. It's a great North Star to have. And yeah. so just finally then, Naren, as, as we finish up 2023, um, you know, a few months left in the year, what's important to you in the months ahead? Uh, months ahead, I guess it's uh, keeping uh, the team's focused um, on delivering to this North Star is very important. Sustainability is a key agenda. Uh, one of the key areas where I'm shifting the culture and purpose of my team to focus on how we can create a sustainable IT as a business, as well as supporting other line of businesses to build a sustainable circular economy for the community of Northern Beaches. Great to hear. Narin Gangavarapu, Chief Information and Digital Officer at Northern Beaches Council. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for the opportunity, Kathy. Great speaking to you.